We're back here again with the five pillars with Dr. Eric Trias. Good morning, Dr. Eric. Thank you. So you know the saying, if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. It's true. These days, people are sick. There are loads of information about how to be healthy. They say, make sure you do this or that. And then in the same breath, you can hear another source cite the exact opposite. Now what? You want, what we want, is the best chance of feeling good and living long, right? What people need is the latest science, studies, and statistics, and you can double-check this yourself. We have with us Dr. Eric Trias, and he's here to help. Your job as the listener is to listen, do something, if you want. It's your choice. Dr. Eric is reputable. You have a medical school, family practice, 31 years at Twin Cities HMO, 12 years as a medical director, 17 years as a clinical professor of family practice, and retired in 2014. Here's the thing. He's not paid. Not by St. Crispin, not me, not anyone. And he's not selling anything. His talks here and elsewhere are his gift and his contribution for a better world. He would like to be seen as a healer, not a clinician. So he's here free and trying to help as many people as possible. He's even willing to talk to your group. Just reach out to St. Crispin and ask for the chaplain. I'll get you in contact. These five pillars are the foundation of being healthy. They are cheap, not another pill. They're effective and simple, but here's the clincher. You need to do the work. These five pillars will give you the best chance of feeling good and living long. Who doesn't want that? Remember the first quote about being healthy? Here's the follow-up by the same author. We all have circumstances. Choose not to live in your circumstances, but live in your vision. What is your vision? Live it. So, Dr. Eric, um, a couple things that we picked up on are the five pillars that you're talking about each one of them. One of the big things about um, the food you talked about is stay away from anything in plastic with plastic around it, no GMOs, antibiotics, pesticides, hormones, or preservatives, and stop the pop. And of the, the vegetables that we talked about, stay away from those canned foods, and frozen is okay. I mean, they're good, but the all-time best frozen is the fresh frozen are the best. And then the foods you want to really gravitate towards, you can even look up the Miracle 9 or whatever they are, um, which includes things like spinach and broccoli and cauliflower, garlic, onion, sweet potatoes, asparagus, blueberries, things like that that are awesome. But today we're going to um, hone in on leaky gut, what that is, and how that leads to making people sick. So, Dr. Eric, take it away. Great. Thank you very much. And uh, I, I would urge you to uh, review the previous um, installations or episodes of this to, to understand, because everything builds upon itself. And so we started talking about the five pillars of health, all of which have true physiologic basis of either causing us to be ill or keeping us healthy. And as an example of how that works, we've used nutrition as the example of how and, and to, to, to bring to you the process whereby we either get ill or stay healthy. And, and the first step of that is understanding the microbiome. The microbiome is a tough one to wrap your, your head around, but tr I, I do really encourage you to listen to the previous ones so that you can kind of dis uh, get in your own mind what the microbiome is. But can, can yes. I Okay. Because I don't know anything medical, um, the best way that I understood it is it's kind of like the universe 
In your gut. Yep. In your okay. colon. Mm-hmm. It's what's happening in there that can throw you into dis-ease, sickness, mm-hmm. or to get to be healthy. But th- that's really all you guys need to understand is it's the universe inside your gut that the doctors and people understand. So let's listen to what he has to say about, so how do you make that universe healthy? So the what, what the takeaway from the microbiome is that there are good and there are bad bacteria, and they produce chemicals that either do good things or bad things for us. One of the things that I want to really bring home today is this concept of what's called the leaky gut. And the leaky gut is where the bad chemicals come in contact with your intestine linings, and they irritate the cells. And remember, or you may know or may not, that the anatomy of our intestines, you've got one cell between the microbiome or what's in your intestines, and the internal body. We've got one cell between that. Yes. I didn't know that. And it's the surface area of a tennis court. It's profound. And so, yeah. Those cells, so, you mean if you laid if them you all out? If you laid them all out, it'd be the size of a tennis court. That amount, that amount of absorption occurs when we eat food. Um, but that's in jeopardy exposed to the bad bacteria. And so these chemicals will uh, come to those cells. And, and in previous... A description, I, I liken that to a well, a well that has bricks and mortar around it. Well, these chemicals attack those bricks and attack that mortar, causing them to become deformed and allow further migration of the bad bacteria contents, the, the chemicals, to go past that first layer of defense or this, this wall, so to speak, and into the next layer of defense. Um, 70 to 80 percent of all our immune cells lie within an inch of your intestines. In other words, our immunity lines our intestines and our colon. Well, why is that? Evolutionary is if you believe in, in evolution, it's because we went around and sampled things. You didn't necessarily cook, you found something, you ate it. If you survived, good. If you didn't, you know, you shouldn't or someone shouldn't eat that. And but you did get sick. So if you had a good immune system, you could get sick, but you don't die. And you remember, I'm not going to eat that anymore. So we've evolved, and so we kind of know what we should and shouldn't eat as a as a forger and pillager of uh, you know several hundred thousand years ago. And so our immune system there is to help us thwart off the bad stuff that comes into our mouth, so to speak. Yeah. So are you saying the autoimmune stuff that will help us? That's lining that one cell or it's outside of that? It's into the body from that one cell. So it's just on the other side of that one yep. cell that's it's the buffer. Just inside the body. Okay. Absolutely. And that is the second zone of defense for our body. And that's where a lot of war, so to speak, takes place. When you have the migrating bad chemicals, so to speak, coming in. Your body mounts a defense. You create chemicals, the technical term is cytokines, as well as you actually produce antibodies against those chemicals. So you get this 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 war. And that's some of the reason why you, you may not feel so good right after eating. You kind of feel bloated, you feel a little bit tired, all those things. Um, so th- all these chemicals are introduced. Well, they they ride along with those bad chemicals now through that layer and into your bloodstream, and now the problem is taken everywhere because blood goes everywhere, and along with that blood that goes to all your tissues and all your organs, 
goes this raging battle. And so these chemicals then will go to, let's say, your heart, the arteries of your heart, and they'll irritate the lining of your coronary arteries. <coughs> I'm sorry go to ahead. interrupt you here, but I'm, I'm, <coughs> I'm a visual person, and I'm trying to get this down and be able to pass it on to our listeners too. Is So from what I understand is our food, why it's so critical is the, the main home is it goes into our intestines, and then there's the wall which is only one cell thick. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so stuff is going to rub up against that, and it's also going to pass through that. And once it passes through that, it gets to the, that's where the autoimmune stuff will go to war or fight it off. And if it gets past that, then it goes into the blood? Yes, and most of the time it gets past it. Yeah, it and, is. And I'm sorry, and you guys, how many times do you go to the doctor's office when somebody's sick and they say, oh, we're going to draw some blood? It's making sense to me. My, my bells are going off here. This is why they test your blood. Is that right? Uh, they're not looking for these chemicals per se. They're looking for the body's reaction to illness <clears throat> that just shows itself in an altered blood screen. So the enzymes are off, uh, your white blood cells elevated, those types, your immune, your immune, et cetera. There's, so they're looking at an, the indirect measure of what is now happening. So the immunity that, that gets ramped up because of these bad chemicals coming through, then that, that immune response, those chemicals, spill over into your bloodstream and then go to all your tissues. And when they go to your tissues, you're, 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 let's say, let's talk about your thyroid. Because lots of people have hypothyroidism mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. Graves' disease, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, those, those type of diagnoses. So this war is taken to the thyroid and it gets absorbed into the thyroid tissue. The thyroid now reacts. It knows something's wrong, and it has its own immune reactivity. And so that's and part of immune reaction. Like when you get a, a virus, your response to the virus is to create antibodies, and after three to five days, you're starting to feel better. Your antibodies are taking over that virus, getting rid of it, and you start to feel better. Same thing is happening essentially in your thyroid or in your kidney or wherever blood goes, which is everywhere. And your thyroid now may, if you have a gen, this is where genetics comes in. Yeah. If you have a genetic disposition, a family history of Graves' disease or this hypothyroidism, you create antibodies to yourself. Ugh. You, yeah, sure, they're trying to get rid of, but there's no viruses there. There's no bacteria there. There's just this, this, this uh, red light that says, I'm going to react. All these chemicals are in, so you, you stir up your thyroid and you create these antibodies. What are they going to be antibody to? They're antibodies to themselves. Now you've got a genetic-related disease, but it wasn't genetics that gave you the problem. That just allowed you to get the problem. It was this process of bad microbiome causing irritated colon linings, i.e. the leaky gut, allowing these chemicals to go in, chemicals to go in and cause the immune system to ramp up, spilling over in your blood system that then goes everywhere and causes this irritation. That, that irritation gets translated to inflammation. And it's the inflammation in our body's reaction to settle down inflammation that creates disease. This is how 90% of disease and maladies occur. And it's just not thyroid troubles. It branches off to heart disease, branches off to, and you said autoimmune disease, all the autoimmune diseases have this link. Um, it, it also includes depression, anxiety, autism, Tourette's syndrome. 
So ADHD, all sorts of things follow this path of body's reactivity causing inflammation and chronic inflammation. That's, that's the basis for illness. So if you're not at that point where you have these illnesses or these sicknesses or disease, <clears throat> the way to prevent some of those things then is to be careful with what you're putting in your mouth. That's why we have these five pillars, and one of them is the nutrition. So if you're conscious about saying, and you said this to me before, Dr. Eric, is that do we eat to live, because eating is so fun and wonderful, or do we live to eat? Right. And we have to tell ourselves, if I want to be healthy, if I want to try to prevent or stay away from these sicknesses and illnesses, then I need to take responsibility. I need to eat what I know I should. Yes. Just like that whole thing when you go to the dentist, well, I know I should fly. Well, okay, with, with eating too, we know if it's down to that yummy thing here that's horrible that everybody can name that they love to eat when they're sitting watching the game or something, or these healthy foods, try to find a way to eat the healthy foods then and say, I'm helping my body here. You know what you can even do too? I, I stopped last January. I told myself, okay, for one week, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to have sugar. And in my brain, I gave myself a pity party. Oh, everybody's eating a donut. Poor you, poor you. And I had this pity party inside myself. And, and I, I, I felt, you know, like I was justified then. And, but then by the end of the day, I told myself, ah, no sugar. I had no sugar today. How great is that? And I didn't tell anybody else, but I just did this whole thing with inside my own head. And after a couple of days even, um, some people had noticed I wasn't eating sugar because I'd be the first one to have a donut or cookie or whatever. And they'd say, oh, are you on a special diet or whatever? I'd say, nope, I'm just not eating sugar. And they'd say, oh, I'm sorry I'm eating this in front of you. And after about three or four days, I said, you know what? I don't need the pity party in my head anymore because it's really okay. I'm, I'm fine not having all this junk because your body can readjust. So it, it's, it's your responsibility. It's your job. And if you want to say, I want to live... Whatever whatever befalls me as far as sickness or disease, I just want to have this, that, and the other thing because I'm not going to label um, the, the crappy foods. But um, th that is your choice. You have every right to make bad decisions and, and be a sick person with disease. Or you can make some choices and say, okay, how am I going to go ahead and make these healthier choices and live a, be a better, healthier life? Absolutely. And, you know, when you poll people what is important in their life, the number one thing is health. And so the key that, that we're trying, I'm trying to get across is do something. Do one thing. If you can do one thing regularly every day, you're ahead of the game. Because what you've talked about is habit. We all have habits. Either it's a good habit or a bad habit. And so diet. We all have a diet. It's either a good diet or a bad diet. you got to buy food. You might as well buy the good food that we've talked about. Um, and so, and it is behavioral change. It's tough to change, especially if you've got a lifetime of doing one certain thing in one certain way. So I just urge you to do, pick one thing. Like, and you mentioned before, pop. If you could just stop drinking pop, you know, soda, you've done a world of good for yourself. And we're not going to touch base on smoking because everybody's beat up smoking. And that's right. Don't smoke, of course. That'd be a good thing for you to do. But as we know, it's a very, very difficult thing because there's many layers of addiction to these things. Sure. And not only, you know, we talk about neonicotine addiction, there is addiction. And I'm not talking about, oh, I really like sugars. There is addiction to sugar, truly definable addiction to sugars. And I hope we'll investigate that in, in a future episode. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I'm going to end this with a quote from Oprah Winfrey. She had said she loves when she feels tempted. Weird, huh? But the fact is, I want you to love being tempted because when you are tempted, then you have in front of you the good and the bad, and this is your opportunity to make the right choice. So love temptation, do what's right for yourself. And with that, St. Crispin Living Community is changing aging in Red Wing.